I'd like to welcome you guys to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Knight. Here we will discuss competition hunts, pleasure hunts, and anything else dealing with the hunting dog. It is our sole purpose to bring awareness to preserve the sport of hunting with dogs. Without further ado, let's collar our dogs and send them on through the country. Today's word comes from Luke 12:40. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Luke 12 and 40. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Timber Creek Dog Supply, our go-to for everything hunting dog related. Timber Creek has been in the dog supply business for 20 years and supports multiple tree and running dog organizations. Check them out at TimberCreekSupply.com or on Facebook at Timber Creek Dog Supply. Hey guys, we'd like to thank Precision Aluminum Fabrication for their support in sponsoring the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Precision Aluminum Fabrication is located in Amit, Louisiana. You can contact them through their Facebook page at Precision Aluminum Fabrication or their website at www.precisiondogbox.com. They specialize in custom aluminum welding from custom dog boxes, aluminum water tanks, aluminum toolboxes, all built to the customer's request. They guarantee the best price on the market without giving up top quality work. If you're in the market for a new dog box, give them a shout. Leave them a message on Facebook or precisiondogbox.com. We'd like to take this time to thank Mr. Jeff Island with the Ground Floor Landscape Supply for his support in the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Thank you. Give us your name and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's David Smith. Uh, I'm the current president of the Mississippi Hunting Dog Association uh, for the whole state of Mississippi. I'm also the president. I started out uh, working in back in 93. I think I was when I first started going to the state meetings. And then I became president of the Pearl River County chapter and then uh, got recruited to take in Pearl River, Hancock, and Harrison County. Dang. And uh, I was current president of that chapter. And then I kept staying involved with state meetings and yeah, I guess pretty much, I guess it got me involved out, you know, a few years ago. But I'd go up there and all these guys with walking canes and, you know, they're pretty old people. I was the only one fighting to keep our hunting dog rights in the state of Mississippi. And, you know, I I love running dogs and uh, I love all kind of dog hunting. I just think it, it ought to be the people's choice to go out and do what they want with the dog and uh and so we support all all types of hunting dogs it don't matter if you squirrel hunt rabbit hunt coon hunt fox hunt deer hunt whatever so we you know you know a bunch of hog hunters now with catching hogs with dogs and uh so i've just been trying to stay afloat keeping the fight going to to keep it all going for uh, generations to come and uh i you know i'm just a true believer that we got enough land in our state that we can do it all um you know i understand and in some areas the dog hunting they've shut it down or whatever it's just too populated and and we can understand that part but when when you got plenty of 
land and acreage and these guys lease it all you ought to be able to to, to run dogs if that's what you want to do you know that's right but, uh, you know i'm here in morton we got benville national forest you know and it's a i don't know exactly how many hundred thousand acres it is but it's it's a ton out it's over 150 i think and you know i just i i feel the same way you know dog hunting is a way of life for us and you know i want my kid to experience it now he has obviously but you know i want him to experience what you know i grew up doing you know yeah and you know several years ago and that's pretty much it's sad that it's all got to be political now but everything i guess in life political and uh we just took the uh, you know i i started the the institute just meeting with politicians and then i've been pushing all of our members and people that join and we're uh a 501c3 you know non-profit organization and uh and and that's all we do is try to, you know, keep keep the word out to the politicians. And a lot of them really don't know nothing about it. And they, you know, like they're on the side. You know, we, like I said, we got squirrel hunters, we got coon hunters, we got fox hunters and, and deer hunters and hog hunters and rabbit hunters, uh, you know. Uh, but myself, I, I love running uh, the running hounds, which we run fox, coyotes, and deer, and then I got involved in the the fox hunting a lot more. Where we got some fenced enclosures the, as fox pens in the state, and then we got also up there in Grenada the National Fox Preserve, and a, a bunch of the older guys, uh, I guess, is back in the 80s pushed that in the forks of Grenada Lake to declare that. Uh, and went through legislation in our state to get that as set aside as a state fox preserve. And uh, they run field trials up there, fox hunt. And Mississippi has grown in that aspect to be the place in the whole country to hold the big fox hunting event. They hold the, every, every year they hold the Nationals in Futurity, which actually starts this this weekend the 29th through november 5th and they got the chase maturity and uh, uh that's dogs two years and under they got to be born um for this year they got to be born january 1st and then the year of 21 to run in the 22 maturity and then of course it runs monday tuesday and wednesday and then they turn right around and have the National Fox Hunters Association three day, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So, uh, and you know, I've been involved in it for plenty, plenty years. I've been been lucky enough to be invited as a judge, and we have judges. They invite judges from uh, sometimes as many as twenty different states, and uh, I've seen hunters up there at Grenada, Mississippi from 26 different states and Canada and have seen as many as 1,600 dogs come to that one-week event. And then, of course, the you know, what we like to explain our wildlife fisheries and our politicians is they did the Chamber of Grenada several years ago did an economic impact study for that week of that event, and they had over $3.2 million changed hands. So, you know, it, it gets to be a, a good 
good thing for our state, good thing for the economy, and uh, it's a good thing for all of our fox hunters in our state. And, you know, in recent years, it's funny because you hear it all over the country, these Mississippi boys is hard to beat. So, you know, and, <laughs> and they, got some, they got some good hounds. That's uh, right. I've so. always heard that too, you know. I did. I heard that, <laughs> I heard that Mississippi had a, a passel of good good running dogs. And it seems to be, man, you know, you hear of a, a dying sport. But, man, I guess doing this podcast and stuff, I got to doing more research. And I feel like it's a lot of folks doing it now. Or, you know, maybe I've just... I guess social media has helped that aspect of, you know, me being able to research it and see, you know, dang, I didn't realize he, he did this, you know, or dang, I didn't know she did this, you know, so it was, uh, I think it's a good thing. I'm not going to lie. You know, I cannot wait. You know, we were talking about the, the, uh, the, the nationals up there. And I mean, I'm honestly, I'm thinking about riding up there and I'm from Morton, but I'm, I'm thinking about riding up there one day next week and, uh, you know, checking it out. I know you'll be busy judging, like you said, but I'd least uh, like to go walk around and shoot the junk with some of the vendors and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's the, you know, they usually, well, the way it's getting daylight now, they usually cast 7 o'clock in the morning. They're, the hounds are run to 12. And then um, usually we got to go in. It takes us maybe an hour and a half, two hours to, tally scores which now with computer it's a whole lot easier than the old way of hand figuring so uh but you know usually by two o'clock or so each day we're doing the judges and then we can kind of mingle and socialize around with folks and uh but the hunters will be of course after noon they'll be catching their dogs and getting them ready for the next day because they got to like I said, they got to compete five hours a day for three days, and then they pick, you know, go through and pick the the, the highest HGA or highest general average over the different categories. They got hunting and trailing and speed and drive and endurance, and and then they'll they'll tally up all the top ten as they call it, and uh, it's a pretty big big ordeal, and it's it's a big prestige to win it you know, up there, and, and uh, it, it's, it gets real interesting. We have a lot of folks come in and spectate and, and look around, and, uh, of course, all all the folks around Grenada there, they welcome them fox hunters because they, they love seeing them dollars roll in. For that's that a, you know, that's what I was going to say. You know, it, it's got to be a revenue for Grenada, you know. It's got to be some kind oh. of, you know, you know, they obviously can see it for that week for sure. Yeah, and uh, they'll, you know, they have a banquet on Wednesday night, and they have the kind of the Chase Maturity Awards, and uh, and it's usually held there at that Gore Springs Community Center, and uh, they have a lot of folks, you know, come in and and the, the chamber from Grenada and different ones around, and which um, it makes it a pretty big ordeal, and. Uh, they, well, where is that at now? Tell me again. I want to, you know, I want people to hear where, where exactly the, you know, where the vendors will be and and all that. Where is that at? Uh, they they'll have the the awards there at Gore Springs Community Center, which is straight out from Grenada. Okay. You know, you, you got to well, if you go out from Grenada, they got the exit to go across the dam. That's right. Well, when you go a little further, Gore Springs 
goes across all the, the Yalabusha River and the Schooner River on where the lake forks around. You got to go out there to come back into the forks of the lake. So, uh, and that little Gore Springs communities out there off of Highway 8. Now, some of the, your vendors and stuff be stationed at, at the kennels where they keep all the dogs. They got um, several big, huge barns that they got all the dogs killed up at, and then they have some vendors all scattered around there. So Is that is that uh, in the forks of the Grenada Lake, too? Correct, yes. You you go to Gore Springs and and um and and go back north, you know, and across um the the Schooner River, uh, and then come back into the forks of the lake. I'm finna look it up on this map. Just you said Gore Springs. Yeah. I'm just curious. I think, uh, I that, yeah, because I think it's the Alabusha River comes in on one side, and the Schooner River on the other. That's what feeds Grenada. Hmm. Yeah, I see the Gore Springs uh, off of 8 there. Huh, and the fork here is, I guess, around that Choctaw or something? That's right, yep. So you cross over there. and Is there signs or is there like a, I'm trying to find this, because uh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to ride up there and just check y'all out. At least, I mean, will y'all with the Mississippi Hunting Dog, will they have a booth there and stuff? Uh, I don't know if they're going to have one there or not. Uh, I mean, I usually go up there and uh, sometimes the Tri-Lakes chapter may, they a lot of them guys run dogs, so, you know, they'll yes. keep cars to sign people up if they want and stuff like that. Now, is that, is that, we, uh, is, is that, uh, is the kennels and stuff, is that that, uh, off of that 143? Uh, yeah, I think it is 143. I'm going uh, to drop this to you. And just, I mean, while we're on the phone, I was just go send it to you and just see if that's about where it's at. But, uh, anyway, well, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, this is a hunting, uh, you know, a dog hunting podcast. So I just wanted to, you know, you know, y'all deserve to be, you know, on here and let, you know, let you tell your y'all story about, you know, what y'all are out to do and you know what all because us hunters you know we need to uh we obviously got a band together and and we need to uh, have a place to call because i mean i know that y'all go to fight for the you know with the legislators and stuff like that so anyway that's why i wanted to get you on here and you know let you just you know hey tell us about the yeah. uh, you know tell us about what you guys do and stuff so that was that was my whole that was my whole you know reasoning behind it you know yeah, we got a, well, right now our vice president, Dale Trotter, he's also president over Forest County chapter. Uh, Matthew Scott is our, the Jackson County chapter president. He's our secretary. And uh, we, you know, I guess we kind of consider the state officers. And then we got a, some board, board members. And, uh, of course, we just had a, a meeting, and we was in the process of trying to get a, a new uh, treasurer for the state level. And uh, Jennifer Melton was, and she uh, had to take a job out of state and uh, had to kind of relinquish her duties as, as treasurer. But, um, you know, we, we got a good group. Matthew and Dale was outstanding on, on helping work and uh you know, to keep it going, it's a constant battle because, you know, we always got to keep 
uh, dealing with wildlife fisheries and the commission meetings every month and uh, people you got got a certain little group that's always uh trying to stop dog hunting and uh you know we just is that like, the ones like that I post said, the we, are these the ones that post the uh that, that that run the ad in the newspaper i've seen yeah that's right yeah and and now they i don't know the the dealing behind it they was trying to get the national forest service to adopt all six national forests in the state of mississippi as management areas i guess where they can try to get somebody else to rule the the, the changes on it and uh you know we just can't see that i don't i, I can't see it going there i think there's enough logical people that realize you ain't gonna take 1.3 million acres of national forest and convert it all into management areas but uh right you know that's to the way we look at it that's supposedly all taxpayers land those national forest lands and they, they you know it don't matter if you're a, a bike rider a horse rider or a, a, a hunter everybody's got rights to that land and uh, i don't think you can you know, you got one little group that's running around just trying to ban everything for everybody. That's so. right. That's right. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, as much as I love fooling with these dogs, whether it be deer, you know, I competition squirrel hunt, but uh, whether it be deer or these fox trials and stuff, my father-in-law ran dogs, fox dogs for years, you know. Um, but with that being said, you know, when you, when you go to talking about the, you know, stop dog hunting, well, that don't just... You know, that, that they're not that's not deer dog hunting i mean you're talking about squirrel dogs coon dogs uh you know duck dogs i mean because here's my thing i love each and every working dog just like the next one i'm a dog man but if you was to come right. up to me and say hey we're gonna cut the, we gotta cut the deer dogs out well i'm going i'm gonna pitch a fit and i'm gonna say well okay Cutting the deer dogs out, well, that means you go have to cut the dog, the, the you know, can't nobody own a lab, a duck dog now. Because I'm going to fuss yep. about it until it, till something gets done about the, the duck dogs because they're a working dog. You know, what about the blood trailing dogs? I think that's a great, great thing, you know, because they're recovering wounded deer and, you know, dead deer. Um, And I'm not saying, you know, but at the end of the day, there's no... There, it's not fair to, to for some dogs to get to hunt and not me. You know what I mean? I guess is what I'm getting at. So. Well, and the thing is, you and I both know where it's going. They, they all, they probably right people claiming, oh, we just want to stop deer dog hunting. That's well, right. You stop deer dog hunting, then what? Then we go out there running fox or coyotes, and then they're going to say, oh, well, their dogs crossed the line, so let's stop that. Yep. Well, then you go out there and say, Okay, well, I'm gonna quit that. I'm gonna go rabbit hunting. Well, then your rabbits run a rabbit across the line. He goes over on private land, swings back across the line, and they say, "Oh, are we gonna stop that?" Well, it's just a domino effect. That's you know, right. They gonna stop everything. You're exactly and, right. And everybody always, they always. I used to go up to commission meetings, and Doctor Polis would say, "All right, David, don't come in here and say, you know, these dogs can't reach." I said, well, have you ever trained one to read? <laughs> That's I true. Said, yeah. But here's my thing is, and all these people say, you need to keep your dogs off my land. Well, we got everything now with the Garmin collars, and you can tone them to stop them. But some of them just don't realize that you can't get to that dog to stop him. You can't stop him. That's right. And that's what we've been trying to tell them 
in these national forests where they close all these roads, yep. these guys could stop them dogs if they could get down them roads to stop them. That's but right. now everything that every every hunting yeah. every everywhere over here there ain't but a select few roads open you know on on Benville you know right now oh yeah and i mean it you're exactly right you having to cut from the road and then that the, they run you know and you can't get to you just can't you know and and we started also Mississippi Hunt Dog Association i went this a few years ago we we started a um a hunting dog alliance it was 14 states met we went to i think it was murfreesboro tennessee or something uh, myself and dale trotter we all went up there and and met with all these other states well georgia and that and you know here's all these people talk about georgia implemented that um permit system you know to where you got to have a permit and you got to Tell them where you know have a location. You can't. Your dogs can't get out of boundaries. If you do, your dogs gonna get uh, a ticket for being off the boundaries. And they talk about that. Well, anyway, there's the dog hunters from Georgia. They said their national forest people go the night before dog season opens and open all them closed gates in the national forest. But yet Mississippi, we can't get that done. That so makes I, sense. It don't make sense, but and then the boys tell me how many still runs dogs over there in Georgia, and I, I said, well, according to all these people over here telling us Georgia don't even dog hunt no more. He said, huh? He said they need to come to Georgia. We're sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, and and just like what we were talking about the, you know, I I get tired of going to them commission meetings and they talking about dogs trespassing. Well. A lot of it is just made-up stuff. I know they got some, you know, we got drug drug people peddling drugs on the streets, you know. They can't get them all. Well, we got the same thing. You got that in everything in life. You got your so-called bad apples. But they got laws. We tried to push them to say, you know, our wildlife fisheries, we said, look, we'll back that if, if a man caught turning dogs loose on private land you know find them a thousand dollars find them two thousand find them twenty five hundred we don't care we we do not support that that's not part of our organization uh, that's not our code of ethics right but when you go on thirteen thousand acres of your own land and somebody goes and buys 40 acres embedded in your thirteen thousand and then they come over there and say, I don't want them dogs to cross my lane. Well, my only solution is put you up an eight-foot chain-link fence, and you won't have to worry about deer or dogs crossing your lane. That's right. I mean... and, and so, but the thing is, just because, and that's what I'm saying, they always talk about, oh, don't give us that thing about dogs can't read. Well, show me a deer that can read or a coyote mm-hmm. that can read or a rabbit. They just run. They go wherever they want to go. That's you know, right. but the same scenario we I see it every day. These people run over there next to the national forest and they buy them a big piece of land and then they run straight up there to wildlife and fisheries and say, I want this dog hunting stop. That's right. Because I just bought five hundred acres over here. They can't feed deer on national forest, but I can on my land, so if y'all quit that dog hunting 
I I can toll all them deer off that national forest in where I can shoot them. That's, <laughs> you know, and that's that's the truth. And you know, and another that's the, what they do and claim. You know, they tell the, the wildlife fishers, "Oh no, I'm just tired of them dogs. They turning dogs loose on my land all the time." No, they're not. That's just because once you a deer is going to feed, and right. once you turn a dog loose and he jumps the deer, he gonna run where he's getting fed. Every so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. Well, if a lot of these deer, these hunters would just set, you know, that's like, you know, I was talking on another podcast when I interviewed uh, Tony Davis. Uh, you know, he he's like, you know, we try to tell these landowners if our dogs do get in on there, you know, we're, we come to the road and try to call them out and stuff. But if they'll sit there, he's like, that deer's up moving. You know, you kill him. We want you to kill him. You know, yeah, that deer's not bedded down where and, and and coming to your corn pile after dark while you're at home. He's up moving, so here's your chance yeah. to kill him. You know, but you know, with that being said, it's it, it's it's a tough fight. You know, I get I get what they say, but I mean, here's my next argument. You know, you said you know they buy the 500 acres. Well, what about the people? You know, try to manage two or three acres. You know, around these. Right. You know, these management areas and or these national forests, you know. Heck, you can't. I get it. You don't want dogs on your two or three acres, but, I mean, come on. You can't manage those that, you know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I got 180 acres, and and uh, I can't keep deer on 180 acres. That's right. And it's mo- there's no dog hunting around. But I can sit there and get pictures of, this big buck or that big buck, and all of a sudden, I can go out there and sit in the stand, and I hear boom, and then the neighbor over there kills that deer. That's so, right. You know, I don't care what they do, and then bucks, all they got to do, and most hunters that, that's got any knowledge to them, they, they realize that. You, you just can't, you know, a deer, a buck deer is going to roam miles and miles, especially through the rut. Yep. You know, and... And now they actually had some studies done, and they they try to keep that hush hush. But uh, they had bucks traveling as far as six miles. Uh, so now how are you gonna how are you gonna keep a deer on uh, forty acres or three acres or five acres when a uh, a big buck like that uh, roam twenty six miles? You're not, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you're not going to. I mean, and here's another thing. We've run deer. I'm I'm in a camp off the Ross Barnett Reservoir, and uh, we've run deer that morning. Run them, out, you know, run them around, run them around all morning, and then you know, just say we cut out, you know, we dropped on a food plot or something. Well, the guy go back and hunt that stand that evening and catch the deer coming back to his bed. You know, oh yeah, we'd run him all I morning, and then and they come right back. You know, it's not like these dogs are running these deer out of the country. You know what I mean? They're not. Yeah. A deer, if that's his home, I, and I've been trying to explain this to people, if that's his home, you can jump him, and you might run him for six or seven hours, and he can cover 20-something miles. But if you leave him alone or if you got good enough dogs to keep running him, he will come right back where his home is, I can promise you, because we've done it in the past. I know one particular time we ran one, and he just made him a loop, which we was down in the corner of Knox, B. Winston, Kemper, corner. He made him a tour through three counties, and the boy killed him not 50 yards from where he crossed out. Right where y'all jumped, jumped him. him, yep. 
morning, and we ran him for seven and a half hours. And and when he come back across, he was so far ahead of them dogs, it wasn't even funny. That's it was right. like he was just he was just walking back, and he thought he was home free, going back to his house, and somebody was still waiting there on him and and, and shot him. And we had to wait 22 minutes for the dogs to get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was probably before the, the Garmin's and all that. Yep, yep. That's the, you just had, we had to beat beep collars, and you just had to beat beep and follow along with them. That's you right. Know, get them harder, coming back. You know, because if you don't do it right, you can't trespass on somebody's land to catch your dogs. So we just had to. And every by the time you get there, they done crossed, and then you just had to keep trying to figure out where they was going and get back on them again. And but yes, and that's a true story. And he was a good one. He was a twelve point with a twenty two inch spread. But uh, <laughs> that's right. The usually the good ones usually you know they do these those good ones they run around run around run around and they end up coming back you know. And, that's their and spot. The people with people we know. They think uh, just because a pack of dogs come through that their whole season is rent or whole day is rent or whatever, them deer don't pay no attention to them dogs. I'm telling you they don't because I've witnessed it with my own eyes for years and years. And them good, smart bucks, they know how to run in there to a pack of does and just they'll run in there and cut them a little circle and lay down. And when them dogs come in there after him, all them does panic, they jump up, and them dogs just take off after them does. And that, that goes on all the time, all the time. That's right. But, you know, and and it's just, uh, and a lot of these folks don't know how long it takes to get a sure enough, well-trained hound. I mean, sometimes it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and several years, and uh, it just, irritates me how some people think well I, i'll stop this and just go out there and shoot the dog like yeah. they they're really doing something to that hunter which they 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 do to me when it's a real good dog you know but uh it, it's it's just sad that people's gone to that you know that dog's just an animal like that deer or fox or coyote you know they just doing what they bred to do and uh you know, don't take it out on the dog. That's just ridiculous. And and we do not have any law in the state of Mississippi to stop that. They just, I mean, a wildlife fisheries, they won't respond. And you can't get sheriff deputy respond on the dog shooting. Right. I, I actually, a guy called me the other day. and He was just, said him and his grandson went out there to feed their hounds. And the grandson was playing with one of them on the chain. And he got, the dog got excited playing around, slipped the collar, and was just running around there free. And they jumped on the four-wheeler and was going to catch the dog. And the neighbor shot him in the head from his porch and then turned around and walked back in his house. And he called the wildlife fisheries and the sheriff's department. Nobody responded. Both of them said, well, that ain't nothing, nothing to do with us. So, so yeah, that's you know, what, you know that's what I want to know. Like so, you know, I want you to tell who do, who do, I mean, if neither one of them are responding, then I guess you're caught, you're wasting your breath. But I mean, whose job is it to you know who's supposed to respond? Because I know I have a buddy that had a uh, one of his rabbit dogs, actually two of them shot, you know, and they were his son's dogs, 
at that, you know, at the matter of fact, I mean, his son's 11 years old and it was two of his dogs that, you know, he laid claim to that were the ones that got shot, you know, and I don't guess to this day, there's nothing else ever been said about it, you know? Well, in some counties, your sheriff's, your sheriff's department should respond on anything like that. But in some counties, and now I'm finding out, listening to people call me across the state, more counties than I, than not, they think that, oh, well, that's wildlife and fisheries. Well, unless it's hunting season, wildlife fisheries says, well, it ain't hunting season, so don't call us. But then again, I've had wildlife fishery officers say, well, that that's a shooting, so that that's not nothing to do with hunting. Well, if you're out there hunting and somebody shoots your dog, it should be they should respond. And in some places that I've seen officers with wildlife fisheries respond, but, you know, we've been pushing to get a clarification from somebody, and we have a few politicians pushed it, but they never they can't get enough politicians to ever go take it all the way and and say, hey, this this has got to pass where we got somebody has to respond to this. And then of course, 90% of them go to justice court and a justice court judge. I mean, they, me or you could get elected if you're the most popular. And then they it's all that buddy system. Well then. They'll go in there, and whoever shoots the dog calls their buddy, and he calls his buddy, which is a justice court judge, and he'll go in there, ah, no, nah, I'm going to throw this out of court. Well, they going to keep on until somebody's going to get, because, you know, nowadays, as much as it, the cost of developing and training and getting a good dog, just like you with your squirrel dog, if somebody walks up there and point blank shot your dog, you ain't going to just sit back and say, well, that ain't no problem, buddy, don't worry about it. Yeah. absolutely not and that's i was gonna say that because again you know we're all men and uh but if somebody was to shoot mine man i don't know exactly i mean you know i know that if i got a gun there you know i mean i'm not saying oh you gotta shoot them back you know i'm not saying that but i mean i don't know that i wouldn't sit there and just fight the person or you know i mean i'm pretty sure i would because i you know i'm still a man and i gotta you know hot i'm hot-headed you know temper you know so i mean that leads into what i'm getting at is that leads that's not the right thing to do let me clarify that oh that leads into you know somebody getting murdered you know what's next i guess is what i'm getting at what's next if nothing gets done about it what's next well and i'll make this uh, let everybody know this is before i became president and i'm i'm calmed down but i had a guy threatened to kill all my dogs and one day and this happened years ago and because his land cornered and the deer when they'd run it they cross about 250 feet of his land well he come out there and cussed me one day to no end i was out there in the public road and all i asked him was he said i'm gonna kill every dog y'all got and i asked him did he have enough shells and then he cussed me more and I asked him three times, did he have enough shells? I said, because we got a good many dogs. Well, then when I finally, he come out there to the county road and approached me, I just looked at him and I said, buddy, I said, it's like this. The first dog you kill, I'm going to burn that F-150 you got. The second dog you kill, I'm going to burn your house down. The third dog you kill, I said, I'm going to kill you and put you in that mud hole where all them deer and dogs run across you. 
and right. which, you know, and I I really didn't mean it, but he just had me aggravated to where when you get mad, you're going to say stuff you regret later. That's <laughs> right. That's exactly right. You're exactly right about that, you know, impulsive. But and, that same impulse is is what causes, you know, if nothing gets done about this, if there's nothing that ever happens, then that same impulse where you just got mad, you, I mean, hey, Joe, Joe Blow down the road may not be so uh, understanding, yeah. you know what I mean? But the, the, the funny moral to this story was, the next weekend, because I was just a weekend hunter years ago, the next weekend, I was aggravated at our crew because nobody blocked that hole where the deer always got through. Well, then I had to run around there again, and uh, my dog come right across the man's land. And I and I got out of the truck, and I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to go here and apologize to this man. Well, anyway, he heard dogs coming, and he run out of his house, and he said, hey, buddy. He said, that buck done crossed. He said, come on here, help, help, I'll help you catch your dog. So I guess between our little conversation, he decided, you know, hey, this ain't worth it. You know, they ain't hurting nothing. Oh. And after me and him talked, we shook hands. And, you know, he said, after I, after I talked to you, he said, I, them dogs ain't doing nothing to me. He said, so, you know, and, and it was funny that we both laughed after it was all over. But I told him, I said, you know, you made me mad. I made you mad. We said things we didn't mean. I said, but it all worked out. <laughs> That's right. And you know what another thing about this stuff is? If some of these guys that are so anti-dog would even just give it a shot, they would, I feel like, you know, they'd like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I've been lucky enough. I had some good hounds. They all run in walkers. But in past years, I've always had one real good one that finds deer, kind of like the blood trailing guys do. Right. And I used to have guys that was just, they hated dogs. Man, I'm, you know, well, all of a sudden, their wife or, you know, their kid shot a good buck. Well, they went and looked, found some blood, couldn't find it, come over there and ask me. I'd go over and take my dog over there and find it. And I don't know how many I found for them people like that, you know. And, and then they was like, oh, man, I'll pay you. You know, I'll, I want to buy that dog steak, you know, or do this or do that. And I'm like, nah, man. I said, you know, hey, we can all work together. I said, you know, that's part of it. Well, if, if, if some of them just, you know, talk to people. And, and I'm, I'm saying now dog hunters and steel hunters, if they just communicate and work together, you know, that's, that's the big thing. I, I've, and I've learned over the years, I, you know, I'll always respect anybody else's land. I respect it. I'm not going to go on your land until I ask, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm, I, I make that my number one goal. Now I've found, you know, and over the years, I've been the multiple that everybody in the, you know, all the guys like, oh, that man, he's crazy. He's mean. Don't go up there. Well, my dog's got on his land, you know, I'm going to go talk to him, see if he can let me get my dog off. And I've done had several that after I went and talked to them, they just sat there and looked at me and said, you're the first one to ever come and ask me permission. And then they actually gave me, told me to come back and go deer hunting or whatever I want to do anytime because I was the only one that ever asked them for permission. So, you know, that's I try to tell all the, the hunters, you know, hey, 
take a little time, show some respect, and talk to people, you know, and uh, it may go a long way. And a lot of these guys, that's what it takes, you know. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's If you could, you know, if you could go out and talk to these guys and just be, you know, hey, it, it would. It, I think it would help, you know, but. Again, shooting the dog is definitely not the uh, it's definitely not the uh, answer. No, no. That's what uh, I no. seen a sign the other day. It says, uh, uh, "What did it say?" It says, uh, "I'm a steel hunter. It's still hunting with these dogs." <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but uh, I thought that was funny. But no, you know, you're exactly right. Uh, and I think that you guys do with this with the with the dog hunting association you know i think that you know there's this is something that we you know we got to support we got to get behind you know because um without you guys i mean i mean we're not here we're not heard you know i remember you know one time years ago of hearing the you know all the dog the trucks with the dog boxes and the whips antennas riding around you know jackson over there i thought that was cool you know or uh, um but Again, I say that to say, you know, we got to, you know, there, you know, you guys got to be, how do I say it? I mean, I'm not saying profited, but you got to be, you got to be, you got to have some kind of funding to, to be able to go to these meetings and go to bat for us and stuff. So, you know, tell the people, I guess, you know, how they can support, you know, the Mississippi Hunting Dog Association, you know, where that, cause I, you know, obviously I do, but, uh, where they can send their dues and stuff if you want to. Well, we got, you know, of course they can they can pull up our uh, our Facebook or or our, our website, and um, you know now on the website they got a place you can actually go to. Uh, we just been in it for about six months that you can go online and and sign up to join the Hunt Dog Association, which is ten dollars a year, and uh, and to be a member. And uh, we we just you know basically. Uh, and, and of course, all of our chapters, um, you know, like chapters, they got cards and they join people, sign up, and we got chapters scattered around all over the state. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of money, and you know what we do spend our money on is keeping the website, and you know, when we have our meetings, we had to have a computer and we had to have printers and ink and paper and what have you. So. You know, and, and then we try to help people um, in the past with what little money we had. I mean, we don't have enough to, you know, put a lawyer on, on standby, but, you know, we've had have donated to members of the hunting dog on cases that they had to fight and hire a lawyer and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, so, you know, we just we try to just do whatever we can with what little money we got. To, to keep everything going uh, you know now with the social media um i guess i don't know it's been five or six years ago when when we really caught the politicians eyes because um in in some of these political races and then uh some of the candidates was uh, against dog hunting and said they was gonna stop it and what have you and so some of the members posted something on facebook and it just went and matter of hours went to like fifty thousand fifty something thousand likes you know so then and politicians got thinking hey he said i don't know if we can uh, you know that they they gonna change the 
outlook of the election with these dog hunters. And, and like I said, there's a whole lot more out there than, than people think in the state of Mississippi that, that run dogs of some sort. It's, it's just, you know, I've seen you've got lawyers and doctors and everything else, and you see them every day and you think they don't do it, but then you happen to slip by and see them on weekends somewhere and they out running dogs or know, i got a good dogs. friend that's uh he's a lawyer um old mark morrison you know he's a he's a yep. lawyer and he you know he's a squirrel dog man well mark used to be our state president of the mississippi hunting dog Association. you know what he told he me was, i knew that i knew that i don't know why yeah. I wouldn't. And, and and mark still stays involved i talk with him yeah that's one good thing mark does anytime I need any kind of advice. I just give Mark a call legally, and uh, and and he's sharp on it, you know. And so Mark's been a real, real asset to the Mississippi Hunting Dog Association. That's so, right. Uh, he has. But anyway, you know that that's uh, I just I I would encourage anybody, you know, if you got any kind of dog, you hunt with a dog, just um, join the Hunting Dog Association if anything just to, where we can have numbers to show our politicians you know uh, how many people do still encourage it in the state that's that's my big thing right now because all the politicians every year they want to know how strong are y'all how many members are strong and of course sometimes you know uh just like i may run into you and you'll join and then i may not see you for four years and then when you see me again you say hey david let me join that hunting dog association again so you know now with this uh we did it through this neon we're trying to get thing where you can people go online every year and join and they they can go send a notification when your membership runs out where you can renew and um i, I hope this thing really helps us you know because i know it's hard for everybody to drive across the state to a meeting just for the hunting dog and you know i've been all over the state starting chapters and in, in different areas all over the state so we we're getting a lot of more chapters scattered around the state so hopefully you know we can we can stay strong and keep it going i just want you know i got a, a one-year-old grandson and when he gets up big enough i just want him have the choice whether he won't still hunt dog hunt or whatever you know and that's that's what we're trying to keep it going for is the future and and uh and there again like i said a lot of folks just don't know how many what dog hunting brings to the state of mississippi just like the what they have the the big world coon hunt and all up there baseball mississippi and yeah the winter classic the ukc winter classic yeah, that's that the winter classic. I mean, uh, the fox hunting world. We've had we they have the all American in Grenada in February. Um, that's a big week long deal. This nationals and futurity. Um, they got a big fence in fox pen down here in Picayune, Mississippi, on, on toward the coast, close where I live. Uh, they have the World Cup, the Masters, all these fox hunts people come from all over the east coast um like i said 26 different states and canada so you know and all this comes to uh, a little old state of mississippi they said that 
that still run them rednecks that still run them dogs. Well, apparently other people do it in other states because they all love coming here to compete. <laughs> that's exactly right, and that's what we kind of want to we want to keep this thing going. That that you know, and that's why the the Mississippi hunting dog is is so important you know the for us to to join because like you said legislator they just want to know how many you know how many members you you got you know do y'all know how many members there's i mean how many members is in there you know just right off the top of your head or uh five uh, it was it was upper five thousand and then i i hadn't really kept up with it in the last couple months um you know, we could be higher than that. Uh, we have had up to 20,000, but like I said, the COVID, we couldn't have meetings. And it's, it's really a lot of people just hadn't been able to find a way to join back. And like I said, we just started this online thing and we had uh, problems with our Facebook page. And uh, so, but now we just now got everything. So hopefully we can get the word out to everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, tell us the uh, website before we wrap it up. I want to. I want to. I want people on here to know. You know. And then what we'll do is we're gonna we'll start sharing the website on our when we post our podcast. We'll share the website and you know encourage people to join because you know that's this is what this podcast is doing is bringing awareness to dog hunting. Well, you guys are you know y'all are just another you know a player on the field you know a bat in the game. So uh, tell everybody where you know the your website and and your Facebook page before we get off again. That way we can uh, we can kind of get you. We need to boost these numbers for sure. Oh, let's see. The Facebook page is Mississippi Hunting Dog Association, and then the website is uh, Mississippi-Hunting-Dog-Association.com. That's right. Now, I couldn't remember all the dashes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Mississippi-Hunting-Dog-Association.com. That's where you can go and register and join and you know do your membership and i tell you that thing if you could get that thing to where it'll send you a notification because that's my you know mine will expire and i'll be like dang i got to go and you know redo it and you know yeah. it'll it be three months since i was supposed to renew it but with that being said my man i think that um again we need to keep you know we need to get this we need to get this program built up and we're gonna do uh, here at the hunting dog public we're gonna try to you know, see if we can't help you guys grow that, you know, association just for for us in general, you know. Yeah, that, that's good. That, that's what we need. Well, it, I, I, and again, do y'all do any, uh, do y'all do any, like, the extravaganzas and stuff anymore? Does does people do that? Yeah, uh, we, we was there this year at the extravaganza. We had a booth. Uh, myself and Dale Trotter worked it, and uh, uh, for all... I guess Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and uh, I think we already set up next year to go to the trademark um, to that one there. So right, and, we need to. And know, I'm gonna. So my uh, the one at the trademark. Oh uh, yes, I I usually go to that one as well. Uh, but I'll uh, what I'll do is if I don't see you before then, I'm sure I will. But I will come by there, and or I'll come by there, and we'll. You know, we it may be to where we can set up and do some kind of deal there. You know, with this podcast, uh, 
see if we can't you know just we i just want to bring aware i just want i don't want this to to end you know it's just that's my biggest thing i love it that's my i love this i love fooling with dogs uh i mean i grew up doing it just like everybody else that's you know that does it i just don't you know i don't i want to do anything i want to do my part to keep this going this heritage that we got you know that's right um yeah and and if anybody can get away next week and ride up there to the grenada to the grenada forks of grenada lake to the security and national uh, uh just tell them look me up um i'll be around there somewhere <laughs> so, but it, i i enjoy going uh meeting all the, the different people from all other states and uh you know, we went up there a few years ago, the, the Hunting Dog Association. We actually went up a, a bunch of the guys helped me, and we went up there and cooked chicken and baked beans and fed all the hunters up there at that thing. I think we had like 150 or 60 people come over there and ate. Some of them folks from Pennsylvania, and I even had some from New York. They come over there and asked us. They said, man, that's got to be the best chicken we have ever put in our mouth. And uh, I told the guys, we was panicking on how he's going to do this. And I said, well, darn, let's just bring some big pots, throw us some Zatarain's crab boil in there, and parboil that chicken and get it pretty close to done. Then we slap it on that grill, put some barbecue. Well, anyway, I guess it was the Zatarain's. Them folks from them northern states had never eaten chicken that good. And they said, <laughs> we will pay you extra plates. And we said, no, we we just fed everybody. He said, y'all just get all you want. And we had plenty to eat. And, uh, but I laughed. We put us a little donation bucket. And I told the guys, I said, they was all saying, they said, well, we spent about $800 for this food. When they counted the donation bucket, they done put fifteen hundred dollars in donations in there. And oh, I watched them people from uh, Pennsylvania, and New York, walk over there and drop hundred dollar bills. They said we couldn't go out and eat this kind of food at this at this good, no less than a hundred dollars. And they are exactly right, you know. And that's what's good. See, that ought to be reason enough there. You know, these people coming from way up yonder to come down here and they're that good of people you know what i mean that's what you know we i've talked about this before you know you can go anywhere in this country i don't care if okay so i'm setting out i'm going you know maybe i want to drive to new york well i'm gonna pass through some state some city that i'm pretty sure i know somebody in that state that well i know i do that, that that's a dog man that i could call and they would drop anything they're doing or come help me or send somebody to help me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. These are they good will. people. You know, these are all yeah. good people. I can name you people I know from South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, every state, Illinois, Missouri. And I, if I was to go through there, I could call any one of them and they'd come. They'd come. If I had a flat tire, they'd break loose and run over and help me. But that's just the way. You know, all these, the camaraderie from all these uh, guys that judge and field trial and, and fox hunt, you know, that's that's the way they'll do. And, uh, but I, that's why I like going up there. I, a lot of the judges, uh, you know, they got, um, I got a whole pile of them. We all friends and talk to each other all the time. And like I said, they from um, eight or ten different states, you know. 
Well, and, I, um, yeah, I wanted. That's another reason I'm gonna try to come up there next week, and uh, you know, this thing will come out Tuesday, which will be perfect. I'll come up there, and I'd like to, you know, meet some of those guys too. I'm gonna give you a call. I got your number. I'm gonna give you a call when I'm up there. I know you'll be busy, you know, at least till lunch. Uh, and then I'll give you a call. Yeah. Shoot, man, you may can introduce me to some more people that we can interview and and stuff like that. To you know, because the more people we interview, the more people hear about it, and the more people are like, hmm, I want to try this, or you know. So yeah, but uh, oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna get up there next week, and uh, I'm gonna look you up. I don't know if it'll be a, you know, probably when I know Wednesday's probably pretty busy because that's the fraternity uh banquet and stuff. Uh, but maybe Thursday or something, I may try to run up there and. And get we or maybe Tuesday. I might can run up there Tuesday. I'll just have to see uh, what my yeah. schedule looks like. Um, oh, even this morning, I'm I'll be on the four wheeler out judging. But a lot of them places, I can get if I got signal. You know, I can answer a phone call. Well, and, I want to. Uh, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to kind of get up there fairly early and get with somebody that'll let me ride and and or you know kind of show me because I've never been to one of these. I'd like to you know see how it works and uh see learn the ropes and i say learn it but just see what it all entails because i mean i feel like you know a thousand dogs oh my goodness that's just right up my alley you know <laughs> yeah but they, uh, they they used to have some big big hunts up to now everything's so expensive but they still i figure they have 300 or so in the futurity and possibly over 500 or so in the nationals so they still gonna be a bunch but i have been up there where they had 700 and something in the maturity for three days and then they turned loose 817 in the national Holy moly. <laughs> that's the oh that's 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 the good old days well like i said i ain't gonna hold you no more but i would i, I appreciate you coming on the hunting dog public and telling us you know about the mississippi hunting dog association and your role in it and if you ain't got i mean you got anything else you'd like to say or you know now well your time. I, yeah i i mean i'm i'm not bashful about giving out my number so again my name's david smith my phone number is 228-861-5711 president of mississippi hunting dog association and if anybody would got any questions or anything they need from me please give me a call my phone's always open and uh and i appreciate you chris and uh and and what you do and anything anybody y'all can do to help us we sure appreciate it we go share the crap out of it on social media and then like i said we had 36 over 36,000 people listening to this thing the other day so with that being said you know that that could be it be you know be a help too so we're gonna uh yeah. we're gonna try to keep growing this thing and preserve this this sport that we love so much so uh we go sign off here and i'll get you uh i'll get up with you i'll give you a shout next week and I'll text you or something that way, and then, you know you can tell me kind of what you got going, and because I'm 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 definitely gonna go right up there, even, even if I just get to shoot the junk for you know a couple hours or so, you know. Yeah, if you get up there, I'll I'll put you in there with one of them uh, truck judges. You can ride around if they don't mind. You can just ride with him and and watch and see see what we do. All right, brother. Well, I sure appreciate you, and I'll be getting in touch with you next week. All right. Peace Thank up. you. Yeah. All right. You too, buddy. See you.
I sure hope y'all enjoyed that with uh, Mr. David Smith with the Mississippi Hunting Dog Association. Um, this is something that I'm passionate about, and I, I, you know, a, a lot of my buddies that hunt, and Cody is he's he's very passionate about preserving these uh, hunting dogs. You know, the sport we do, so we need to all kind of you know stand together and join this uh, Mississippi Hunting Dog Association or wherever you're at. Look the look up the Hunting Dog Association for your for your state, you know, and because at the end of the day, that's who goes to battle for for us, you know, with the legislators and the and you know, capital and stuff like that. So, anyway, we sure hope you enjoy this uh, interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. And with that being said, we'll check y'all later. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supply is a one-stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. He carries everything from coon lights and squalors to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal, or just a leading collar, check out Timber Creek at TimberCreekSupply.com or by phone at 662-230-7410. And if you are ever in the Oxford, Mississippi area, go check out Bob's store.